source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. everyone and welcome to the batman universe podcast episode number 92 i'm your host Dustin, and today i have with me this is donovan and this is john and melinda is unable to join us for this episode but don is here as a guest co-host quick explanation of some tardiness on our part so a week ago we recorded this episode ready for you to go melinda and i recorded it by ourselves and uh, a couple of different things happened. Number one, I had absolutely no voice, but I trucked on through the episode and, and got it recorded. But uh, after we completed the recording during post-production while we were editing the podcast, we found out that Skype completely, I, get, I, I don't know a better way of putting it other than they just decided to basically screw us completely over yes. by not recording the entire episode. The software that we use to record the podcast through Skype did not work properly due to some updates with Skype, and we were without a way to record for about a week until we could figure it out. So that is why this episode is one week late. I apologize in advance for that. You also might notice that there's some other casts that are also posting a, a week later. That's also due to the same exact reasons. Unfortunately, the episode where I had no voice and the discussions that Melinda and I had maybe will eventually make their way to a future blooper show of some sort just because my voice did sound pretty amusing. But here we are now, a week later, and, well, it looks like maybe it was a, a thing for the good because, as we know, there was some big news that was just released this past week related to Man of Steel 2, and we'll get to that in a second. And as you know, as you may know, it, it involves Wonder Woman. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. Do obviously cover, besides movie news and Man of Steel news, we cover TV, merchandise, video game, and general news, as well as cover any listener Q&As that we have from you, the listeners. So without further ado, let's get straight into movie news, because there's a ton. World War III. Maybe I could have stopped it if I just ran a little faster. Speed Force allows the Reverse Flash to travel through time. He changed something in the past. We have to find out what he changed and change it back before they kill everyone on the planet. All right, so a couple of things to talk about before we actually get into Man of Steel 2 talk. First, talking about some things non-related to Man of Steel, we've got a discussion on Justice League War some of the information that's kind of been released for Justice League War, first off, November 12th, the bonus content was revealed as far as what will be included with the release of Justice League War on Blu-ray and I believe 2-disc DVD if they're even still doing that. Among the special features, there will be a commentary with Jay Olivia and Jim Lee to compare and contrast the comic book adaptation of Jeff John and Jim Lee's Justice League Origins into Justice League War, as well as a Jim Lee documentary called... Creating Heroes, the Life and Art of Jim Lee. And uh, you also get a little bit more of a behind-the-scenes with a feature called Act D from Animatic to Pencil Test, showing some of the behind-the-scenes of the animation creation for the actual film. 
You also get episodes of Justice League Unlimited, Batman Brave and the Bold, and Young Justice Invasion as well on the disc. Among that, you, the probably the thing that I'm most interested in is this last bit, which will be the sneak peek at the second animated feature for 2014, Son of Batman, as far as who will be cast as Batman in that film, as well as Damien and kind of how far they're actually going to dive into the story of Damien. Uh, you know, a bunch of different special features, a lot of typical stuff that we have tend to see on a lot of these animated films, but a lot more than in some cases we see in other forms when uh, the TV series get released on DVD. We rarely see very many special features uh, outside of some commentaries. So it's nice to see some special features that, you know, we can actually look forward to. I had forgotten about Justice League War, to be honest. It's going to be interesting getting a first look at the Son of Batman uh, movie because I'm interested to see how they're going to adapt that. I thought that it's possible they could be like, you know, this could be like a bit of a, uh, maybe not a trilogy per se, but a start of a couple of films delving into Grant Morrison's Batman Inc. era. And maybe like, because I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to totally truncate Damien's history and have him die at the end. Spoilers. But uh, it'll be interesting because especially, especially with the other episodes they have on that DVD with Young Justice and Brave and the Bold and Justice League Unlimited showing the first story from the New 52, there's going to be a whole lot of different versions of Batman and just and Superman and all the other characters running around this in this, like, in this one DVD. So it kind of makes me think, it kind of makes me curious as to how they're going to kind of adapt that. The, the Jim Lee thing, at first I was like, well, that's kind of, kind of neat. And it'll be interesting for people who don't know about his comic book history to see what all he's done. And then I thought, well, maybe they just did that because he's like, he's like the co-runner of DC Comics. But uh, what, whether it is or not, that's still kind of interesting to have. Yeah, I think it's much more interesting the fact that the DC are, are quite now determinedly pushing uh, the new 52. Everything seems to be heading in that direction. Obviously, we've had Flashpoint. You know, now we've got Justice League War, which is essentially truncated version of all their origins and and sets up the universe and then of course we've got the story with Damien um so I think they're very much setting it all up and I'm really trying to get the the movies and maybe to an extent as well the tv series that that they're doing to really kind of work in tandem with the new 52 and I, I actually quite like that it's quite nice to see for once you know whilst the, the the comics that series that have gone before such as the batman and things like that are, are are very good you know they've very much done their own thing and been very separate and i think it's it's good because really you're going to get a lot of cross marketing and you're going to get a lot of cross promotion and hopefully if it encourages people who just watch the movies because they think they're quite good to to go and pick up a comic book then then that's great and if it you know encourages people who aren't too sure about the new 52 to go pick up a comic book i i think that's i think that's very good i do think it's nice that they're working together finally really all right and then the other news we have related to justice league war on november 22nd tv guy held an interview with jason omaro who is going to be voicing batman in justice league war uh, we're not going to go over the interview itself but it basically has him talking about how it's kind of tricky playing Batman, and there's a lot of people kind of compare their voices to and how he tried to do something different to the live-action Batmans as well as the animated Batmans. 
And then he goes on to talk about how he was a fan growing up as Batman as well. So if you're interested in that interview, you can check that out on the website. The other news we have non-related to Man of Steel deals with Son of Batman. Uh, it was announced through World's Finest, a Frederick Weedman, the composer of Beware the Batman and Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, will be composing the next Batman animated film, Son of Batman. There was an interview kind of detailing the actual discussion of it, but he talks about not only doing Son of Batman and how it's going to be a little bit different than some of the other things he's been working on, but he also talks about how the success of the films actually decides whether or not soundtracks will be released, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. So we have the interview on the website for you to check out, but if you enjoyed the the music from Just League Flashpoint Paradox, the same composer will be doing Son of Batman. All right, so with that, let's get into Man of Steel. There's a ton of stuff to go over for Man of Steel. Beginning with, the first thing is we've got a bunch of rumors that that happened over the course of the month, some of which ended up being completely untrue and some of which being completely true. The first, on November 6th, there was a number of names that got tossed around as a possibility for Wonder Woman. At the time, we didn't even know Wonder Woman was going to be in the film, but one of the names was Olga Kurlinko, who has been recently in Oblivion and to the Wonder, where she has actually played the love interest of Ben Affleck. Uh, her name was thrown around. Uh, also on November 6th, another rumor that popped up from Latino Review was that Dick Grayson was going to be in the film oh, yeah. and that Dick Grayson had a falling out with Batman and we probably won't see them we won't see Dick a lot if anything it'll just be a, it'll just be like a cameo because Batman's much older and tired so the sidekick of Dick Grayson is much older and doesn't really deal with Batman that much to begin with anymore All right, so then moving on to get into some of the actual news. November 19th, producer Charles Roven gave a couple of few, very few details about Man of Steel 2. Specifically, he talked about why Ben Affleck was chosen for the new movie. He specifically said, We wanted a guy who, who had a certain age and certain gravitas to what he had done in terms of his recent work. If you take a look at The Town and Argo, he plays a couple of serious guys in those movies. He's a big man. He's also a mature man. As you see him and Henry together, one definitely has much more experience just by looking at him. That's what we wanted, particularly juxtaposed against our Superman. On Batman vs. Superman, we started soft prep in June and will be shooting eight months later. We felt that we accomplished our goals with Man of Steel. Our intention was to bring Superman into the 21st century with a contemporary character and a different kind of superhero than what's out there right now. We knew we created a world and we had left Easter eggs in the movie that let people know that in the universe that Zack was creating that the possibility of other DC characters besides Clark Kent. We had a sketch of an idea, the beats of a story that David Goyer worked on with Zack, We have a first draft, and we're continuing to work with it. Those scripts are never fully finished until the movie is in theaters. We love the characters, and we think that Ben Affleck is going to be a great and interesting Batman. All right. So, uh, you know, we've talked about this before initially a couple months back when it was first announced that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman. You know, we talked about the fact that, obviously, he is going to be older of a character. Ben Affleck doesn't appear just looking at him to be, you know, an older person and I say that because we know that Josh Brolin was in the running for a while to play Batman as well. And if you compare Josh Brolin to Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck does not look nearly as old as Josh Brolin. But when you compare Ben Affleck to Henry Cavill, 
it's definite that Ben Affleck is older and you know can be that more mature character that they're looking for in this film. Ben Affleck is forty-one years old, so he's not. I think I think that's roughly around the same age that Robert Downey Jr. was when he first became Iron Man. So he's not, you know, he's not definitely a young guy. I think people who, when they think of Ben Affleck, they don't necessarily think of him as a young guy because it's not the '90s anymore. But they don't necessarily think of him as, as kind of a grizzled older character. Well, I think it'll, I think it'll work out okay. I mean, he's definitely somebody who. I think, older or not, he's definitely a suitable age for Batman. <laughs> I'm not really talking about this at all cause, because of when this news was first announced. I mean, I was, I was initially stunned that such a large name like Ben Affleck was chosen to be Batman. And I, I didn't really see it. Not that I have anything against Ben Affleck, but because Ben Affleck is one of those prolific Hollywood actors that, like, you just kind of see him rather than the characters he's playing. And that's not really to down, downgrade his uh, ability as a performer, but... He has such recon- recognizability that it's hard to see him, and you know, disappear in a role. That's not to say he's only a bad Batman, but it would be hard seeing Bruce Wayne when he's walking around in a suit. I have no, I have, I mean, whether they, however they play Batman, as long as he's not totally antagonistic throughout the movie, I'm kind of interested to see how it works out. Yeah, I think you know, uh, <laughs> to be honest, with the benefit of hindsight, again, also tying this back into what I said about Justice League War and about Son of Batman, you know, I think they were going to go for an older Batman because that, again, ties in with the whole things that are going on in the New 52. You know, Batman was effectively one of the first superheroes. He's been around a lot longer. I I think he's been doing it for five years before Superman arrives. I think something like that. And I think that's again the route that they're going to go down with this one and that's why they've gone for a much older older batman i think they're trying to to make sure that it ties in with things that are are going on in the comic books and in the new 52 again to get all that cross promotion that that's going on all right so next up november 21st superhero movie news came across a article that states that there's a number of different Domain names that Warner Brothers has registered, some of them could intent, could in fact be some of the possible names for the next Man of Steel sequel. Oh. Some of the domain names include Man of Steel Battle of the Night, Man of Steel Beyond Darkness, Man of Steel Black of Night, Man of Steel Darkness Falls, Man of Steel Night Falls, Man of Steel Shadow of the Night, Man of Steel <laughs> The Blackest Hour, Man of Steel, Man Sorry. of Steel The Darkness Within. <laughs> Ah, yes. So what's interesting about this is that maybe you couldn't guess, but a majority of those names sound absolutely ridiculous. Honestly, you know, if they were going to do anything, I don't think that Superman vs. Batman or Batman vs. Superman is really a a good title. It's an okay working title, but I don't think that really should be the title of the film. They should try to go old school and do World's Finest. There was a comment on this post from Adam who said that, they should do world's finest and i think that's really the way you need to go unless you're just going to cha- you know make it a superman film with these other characters involved then just do something like i'm not a huge superman fan so i don't know you know batman has cape crusader dark knight all these different names superman has man of steel man of tomorrow man of tomorrow i guess i don't know that necessarily that would work but you get my drift they need to either do something where it's specifically a film related to Superman, and this is a Superman sequel that just happens to have these other characters in it, even if 
these other characters are going to possibly overshadow Superman, or they need to go the route of, you know, the classic world's finest, something like that, especially now that we know that Wonder Woman's going to be in the film too. It would still work, even though she was never necessarily part of that world's finest group. You know, something on those lines, I, you know, I'm waiting for someone to start a rumor out there stating that the name of the film is actually going to be Justice League because all of these characters being thrown into the film. And because of that, because I, I think there's another rumor floating around. We haven't reported it because it's a stupid rumor, in my opinion. But there's another rumor claiming that The Flash is going to be in the film as well. Oh, yeah. And it's just, at that point, then maybe they are just making the Justice League film, and that's what it should be called. And they've just been toting it as the sequel to Man of Steel because it is, in fact, the second film that they're making in this new you know, continuity that they're trying to do with the, the live-action films. Which would be fine, but, you know, I, I think Batman and Superman themselves could have, you know, I, I get the idea. This movie's coming out in 2015. This is also the same year that Avengers 2 is coming out. They're looking at trying to compete the the best way they possibly can. But by shoving all these characters into it, I don't know that that's necessarily the best idea. And the fact that we actually got an announcement that Wonder Woman's going to be in the film rather than, you know, just it being a surprise that she's, you know, she she shows up as a cameo or something in the film leading to an eventual Justice League movie. I don't know. I'm starting to, to just wonder if maybe it is going to be a Justice League film and, you know, that's that was the plan all along. Hey, first of all, those names are absolutely ridiculous, as though it needs to be said. It's interesting because, you know, I think the obvious choice among comic book fans is calling the, the movie either World's Finest or Superman Batman World's Finest. And I'd be, I, I would not object to that, but I think that's a little bit too inward and sort of insular thinking towards a mainstream audience because they're not going to know why it's called World's Finest unless they do a, a Google search. And they could do that, but I think when, the, when in terms of titles of movies, it kind of has to have an instant recon, recognition factor. I mean, by that by the point in 2008, people did know that Batman can be called The Dark Knight, so that was a safe bet. And Man of Steel, obviously, that's that, I, would, I would argue that's actually even more popular of a nickname. I wouldn't suggest anything, especially now that we know Wonder Woman's in the movie. Calling it like Trinity would be, again, like a bit too insular thinking. I also am glad that you brought up the fact that they are bringing, in terms of a talking point, like she, we're going to talk about, you know, who Wonder Woman is later on. But um, the fact that she is brought in this movie really, really is, I'm not totally against it, but it's not exactly great news because it's supposed to be a, a Superman sequel initially, at least. Maybe this is a w- one big bait and switch, but to go from Man of Steel towards towards, you know, other characters, it really does feel that like, I'm, it, it really depends depends on how they kind of play it off, but it's become, it's becoming a little bit too crowded just on the basic fact of it. Although yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how Wonder Woman goes. I guess I'll talk more about it once we talk about who the actress is playing her. Yeah, I think I'm gonna probably save my opinions really about it for. For a little bit later on, when we talk about talk about Wonder Woman, but it is roughly in the same vein as you guys. I do, however, like the fact that you cannot put when it's a film about Batman, dark or black in there enough, or night, um, which is essentially what all those titles were an amalgamation of. But I think you know, unless as as Don says, it's it's a bait and switch, which I I'm actually starting to wonder whether it is a bait and switch. I think it really should reflect the fact that it's this is a Superman sequel. You know, I think it 
it should make much more reference to to Superman, you know. And I think this is kind of what people um Batman fans are tending to forget when when they're talking about these films is that this is Batman appearing as a guest star mm-hmm. in in a Superman film. It's not Batman and Superman, it's still a Superman film. And I think the title needs to reflect that and and unless it is an actual Justice League movie, you know, and I, I will be disappointed if they call it, I don't know, Superman, the Dark Knight of the Bat or whatever. I just think it it will reflect badly on the character. And I think it, you know, it's going to affect the movie, to be honest. It also reflects badly on, like, their marketing that they, by that point, they're all but admitting they have absolutely no faith in anything towards Superman, just want to kind of whore out Batman for as much as they can, even when it's not his own movie. Well, we kind of know that that's, that's part of the thing to begin with. I mean, obviously, Batman had his trilogy. was It was extremely successful, made Warner Brothers a pocket full of money. And, you know, Superman, you know, the first movie came out. It did well. It didn't do bad. It did well. Yeah, very well. Uh, I think it actually did better than the initial Batman Begins when it first came out. So, I mean... And that's not the issue. I think the issue is more of the fact that I think what it is is they're looking at that date of 2015 and saying, what do we have in 2015? There is a ton of movies coming out in 2015 that are going to be you know, really competing for the top spot for that year. Outside of Avengers 2, there's also the, 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 the first Star Wars films coming out that year. We've got the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. There's... I can't even remember. I think the the next Avatar movie is coming out that same year, too. So, I mean, like, I read an article a couple, it was probably like a month or so ago, about all of the stuff that's coming out in 2015, and they were, like, running down this list of basically all of the major franchises that are releasing a film, and they all seem to be releasing their next film in 2015. So with Man of Steel 2, whatever the title ends up being, they're looking at it from a perspective of, okay, so... Normally, we would just be competing against whatever Marvel's putting out, which wouldn't be a problem, but they're doing Avengers too. Well, the Avengers was successful, so they want to make sure that they can, you know, they can compete legitimately with whatever the Avengers 2 does. And then in turn, now they're also looking at it from a perspective of they have to compete with all of this other stuff that's also going to be coming out that same year. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out that year to begin with. So my my hope is that they're not just jam-packing the characters in there because they're super concerned about that. Now, the, what I do find funny is, John, you said, you know, this is a Superman film and Batman's guest starring. But if you think about it, outside of the movie having the same director and the same Superman, they've never actually once stated this is a sequel to this is a Superman movie. I don't think they've ever actually said that. And the weird, weirdest part about it is they've almost from the very beginning have touted this film as Batman vs. Superman, even though they, they continuously say that's a working title and they're not saying this is a, you know, this is a Batman film. But I don't think they've ever actually said this is a Superman film. It's, it's just it's been it's a sequel to Man of Steel because it follows that same cinematic universe that they've created. But I, but I don't think they've ever actually said this is going to be a Superman film. Now, that's not to say that, you know, if it turns out to be a Just League film that, you know, it wouldn't be a bait and switch because it would be because 
realistically, outside of them just announcing that Batman was going to be part of it, and now you know it happens that Wonder Woman's going to be a part of it too, outside of that, there was nothing related. What I find most interesting about all of the news that we've heard is we've heard about Batman being cast, we've heard about Wonder Woman being cast, but we have still no knowledge of who the villains are going to be, villain, villains are going to be for the film. And I think in my mind, that's more important than these other characters because, you know, it's one thing if they're announcing all of these other characters as part of the Justice League because it is going to be some, like, ginormous threat like Darkseid or something like that. But I don't think Darkseid's really what they need to be doing this this early in, in the game. No. I remember that before Man of Steel actually came out in theaters, the viral marketing made it so made it so much money that, that it was guaranteed that it was getting a sequel. So I thought that like everything that we're talking about in terms of this movie has initially been touted as the Superman sequel. Whether it is going to be or not, ultimately, I'm you know I, I can't tell in the see in the future. But I thought that that at least in terms of like the Superman two spot was called. Superman 2 or Man of Steel 2 and then when Batman came into it it was like ah yes Batman versus Superman which I, I I abhor this this cannot be a versus movie for God's sake and now because Wonder Woman's in it I I have no idea what the hell is going on yeah you see Dustin this is this is why I think it is a bait and switch because as you said that to be honest they didn't ever mention that it was a Superman sequel but we all assumed that it, it would be. Then they added Batman, and then they added Wonder Woman. And I don't think you can put those three characters into a film. Batman, you know, I think could fit into a Superman sequel. But having all three, you know, effectively the, the big hitters of, of the DC universe, arguably, in one film... And then having it as a Superman sequel, you see, just strikes me as 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 very odd or just completely wrong. You know, I, I think it would, you know, if you're going to have those three, you don't want really anybody to have too much of a bit part. And because otherwise it just looks like you're just throwing characters at it. And I, I do wonder whether, that you know, they are going to say, well, this is... Not necessarily maybe a Justice League movie, but a Justice League kind of origin story or something like that. And, you know, I think they are going to throw, unfortunately, a big villain like Darkseid at it. Because when you list those films, I mean, aside from Pirates of the Caribbean sequel, which we all know automatically is going to be rubbish. You know, you're going up against a lot of of very strong films. The, The Star Wars film. Is automatically going to do very well because it's Star Wars, and because I think J.J. Abrams is an excellent director. Avengers Two is going to do again very well. The first film was very well received. Josh Whedon again, I think, is a really talented director. And you know, you've got to make a you've got to make a splash in in that kind of of pool. So I do think we could probably see something along the lines of the Justice League. And, and then that's what they've been planning all along and it'll be a, a big surprise and we'll all kind of go oh that's exciting and and they'll try and and, and make a push because 2015 is going to be the year of desperate franchises to be honest i think well i would also say that like i think initially when i first heard that um batman was going to be in this this nutty film i think globally 
maybe it maybe it's it's variable in America, but globally, the idea of Superman and Batman in the same movie alone would outsell an Avengers movie or an Avengers sequel at least. Personally, I think so. And adding Wonder Woman to that, I think they sort of like trying to put as much as they can to guarantee that. I think that I mean I don't think there's any question this movie's gonna do well. Yeah, the thing is, to me, it just comes down to the the simplicity of if they end up making it a Just League film, are we actually going to be surprised? Since here we are, almost a year and a half before the film comes out, and we're sitting here talking about this is basically turning in out to be a Just League film. I don't know that we will be surprised. I'm sure that some people will be surprised, but I think ultimately it just comes down to, you know. We need to hear more about what the plans are for the story. They need to start, you know, if they really do want this to be like the the biggest blockbuster of the year and outsell every movie, they need to figure out ways to start marketing this movie now and not releasing, you know, a random press release with a cast member's name and, and then waiting a couple months and doing it. You know, they and what Don was talking about wasn't the viral marketing, it was the marketing partners. Yeah. Marketing partners that that Man of Steel had, that movie had the most marketing partners of any film ever made. And they basically paid for every bit of marketing they needed to do for the film with the marketing partners and still made money off the marketing partners to actually help finance the film. They might not say that, but that's how it turned out to be. So even though the film may have cost $200 million to make, generally you're looking at a film like that to cost another $200 million to market. Well, that $200 million was paid for probably you know with no problem and then had some left over based off the marketing partners they had. So, I mean, like they did a really good job with that. But I still feel as if when I, when I look back and I look at the way they marketed The Dark Knight Rises, I feel like they could have done a lot better job. And I don't know if it's just because I was so involved with the viral marketing for The Dark Knight and I was really let down by the lack of viral marketing that they had for The Dark Knight Rises. But they really need to figure out some way to like basically just start building hype around this movie a year plus in, in advance because they need to get people talking about this movie and not just the, the diehard movie fans who are reading the movie blogs, not just Batman fans, Superman fans, Wonder Woman fans. They need to get the general public to be like wanting this movie six months before it even releases in theaters. That's what they need to be doing. Let's move on. The next bit we've got, we're going to dive into the first week of December's news just because obviously at this point there's no reason to hold off on, on covering this news. So the first one we've got is on December 3rd, Ben Affleck talked with Entertainment Weekly about Zack Snyder's, what he's trying to accomplish. He specifically said, well, I don't want to get too far afield as I'm sure I have time. I'll have time to talk about Batman down the road. What I'll say is that I really like Zack for what I've seen of what Zach is doing, it's made me very excited. One of the nice things about being a car- an actor in that movie is they show you all the stuff before anyone else gets to see it. So all the sort of world creation and they take on the character and their, the other characters is really exciting. And at the end of the day, the truth is, it's really the directors that make the movies work or not, especially these kinds of movies, where it's about the whole world. It's And a rising tide lifts all ships. And if it all has integrity, if it all has a sense of realism, then it works. And if it doesn't, then it really doesn't matter what everyone's doing on screen because they don't, they just look like a bunch of Mexican wrestlers in suits. He's basically saying that if the director doesn't do a good job, the film's going to look stupid. 
And it's up, to, it's up to the director to basically make the films nowadays, which, you know, he would know about this because he's directed The Town, he's directed Argo. So, I mean, like, he would know whether or not, you know, he knows how this works. The director, they're the ones who basically have to have everything planned out. When you look at some other films, and I, and I hate to bring this up because there's certain aspects that worked for the film, Green Lantern didn't do very well because... I don't feel as if the director who was on Green Lantern really was that invested in the project. With Zack Snyder, you know that he enjoys doing this. You know, outside of you know the random comments we see here and there of of him saying that he enjoys doing this, we see all the time. You know, look at some of his past films. You look at he he did The Watchmen. You know, he did three hundred. He did three hundred. He did Sucker Punch. Which you know, if a lot of people out there who think that females don't have you know, females aren't portrayed very well in films. Sucker Punch is a great example of females being portrayed as true badasses in film. I know it, the movie didn't do super well, but I saw that film and I thought to myself, these, you know, they're doing a really good job of not only making the females, you know, they're not only making them sexy as they appear in, you know, as in most action films, but the story centers around a group of females and how how they are the badasses. And it's not about, you know some guy and they're playing second fiddle. So, I mean, he did a really good job with that film too, even though it wasn't commercially successful. So he, basically what Affleck is saying is that if he doesn't do a good job, everyone who's on screen, including himself is going to look like a Mexican wrestler in a suit. Because if you're not familiar with Mexican wrestlers, they mostly all wear masks and they wear a costume and basically it would be like a superhero, but not an actual superhero. Google Rey Mysterio, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's that's basically the idea. And he has, basically, he's reflecting his confidence that he has and what he's seen for the film, which, you know, says something because he has been a director himself. He's had successful movies. So I think, you know, it says something about what is going to happen regardless of what we know at that at, at, at the very least. I think it made an interesting point comparing it to Green Lantern with Martin Campbell because Martin Campbell, who I've I've I've, I've seen maybe not every movie, but like I've seen Golden Eye, I've seen Gold, Casino Royale, I've seen The Marco Zorro, and I love all three of those movies. So I was really surprised that Green Lantern wasn't up to the par, but comparatively, he kind of came on from what I understand as more of a director that was hired rather than a director chosen to kind of put forth this new story of a, of a superhero character to the mainstream audience. Zack Snyder is a comic fan, and Zack Snyder. Uh, whether you liked Man of Steel or not, threw himself into Man of Steel and developing it for a new audience. And I think that, like, the general interest alone accumulated, uh, accumulated enough goodwill to put forth more stories with his new Superman character. That's the kind of, kind of way to kind of compliment what Affleck is saying about Snyder's vision and Snyder's plans for Superman and Batman and, and later on Wonder Woman. I'm going to be honest. I think the fact that Ben Affleck kind of has faith in this film and... You know, he is a director, so I don't think he would sign on to something that was terrible that's going to put his career in jeopardy. <laughs> well, um, Jersey Girl, Geely, so. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and granted, Pearl Harbor. Yes. And, and Daredevil. And I, I like Daredevil, but list, never mind. <laughs> you can list bad films that that the people have been in but you know that to be fair that was when he was a lot younger and i think he's kind of matured 
as an actor, which is why I think hopefully this film is going to be quite good or is at least going to showcase that it's quite good. I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder. What he did to Watchmen, I, I just thought was really bad. 300 was enjoyable, but my God, was there no, let's face it, there's no plot in 300. It's essentially men in skirts just beating the hell out of each other. You know what's funny about Zack Snyder? You, you want to go, you, I'm sure you probably haven't seen this film, but he did this film, Legends of the Guardian. Yeah, yes. I've seen... The animated um, owl movie. Yes, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> that Legends of the Guardian, colon, the animated owl movie. <laughs> there's there's not another way to put it, but, you know, like, for, for when Blu-ray and 3D technology was just really taking off, I saw that film, I didn't see it in 3D, but I saw it on Blu-ray on a really nice TV, and that movie looks, I mean, visually, it looks amazing, like, stunning, like, how good it looks. I mean, that's not something that he does, but when you look at a lot of his films, a lot of his films... He he goes he does do a lot of the visual stuff more so in some cases than some of the story. Like with Watchmen, you know, there was aspects of it that I wasn't a huge fan of either. But at the same time, visually he pulled straight scenes straight out of the comics into and made them into the film. And I like that. But I'll divert back to you, John, because I know I cut you off. No, that that's fine. Um you know, then I, you know, he has made some okay films. You know, as I said, 300, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not amazing either. Legends of the Guardian, you know, again, it looks great. Uh, and this is the thing that I kind of come back to is that he seems to be a lot of style over substance. That's a common criticism, yeah. Superman, I, I won't deny, looked fantastic. I mean, Krypton looked amazing. You know, it looked really good. And it looked like it was going somewhere. And then the last half an hour turned into essentially two superheroes smashing each other. And I kind of... I want something a bit more. I Because if it does descend into that fair of superheroes smashing villains I kind of feel like it's going to be a letdown and it's going to turn people off because unlike I would argue Avengers which you know I think does do that towards the end of the film granted there's you know there's a bit more there there's a bit of subtext but it's coming off the back of the Dark Knight trilogy, which was, you know, violent, but it had a heck of a lot of substance. I mean, that was a weighty, weighty film. And, you know, everything had a point and a purpose. And I I kind of want to see that come back. I want to see much more of the first hour of Superman in, in this film. And I'm not sure Zack Snyder delivers that, but if Ben Affleck says that it, you know what he's seen and and what the vision that that Zack Snyder portrayed to him you know it is good then I'm gonna hold fire for the moment but if it is bad I'm you know I'm not gonna be convinced by 
and I'm going to put the blame at, at Zack Snyder's door, to be fair. I think that, like, there's been so much discussion over, like, the merits or de- uh, detriments of the Man of Steel that, like, I can't see them just completely, completely ignoring it and going whole hog with the, t- the tone that they went through in the first movie. I think that, like, whether you like, you know, whether you liked it or not, I don't. I don't see the sequel being darker than the first one, or even maybe as dark. Because that was that was. I think that's probably what, like the strongest complaint was that like it didn't feel like the Batman. I, I think whenever people complain about Batman, I just kind of roll my eyes at those movies because Batman is a dark character. Superman isn't Batman, and I think that like a thing that they can kind of benefit from having these other characters that is that Batman is a darker character than Superman. Wonder Woman. I don't know, <laughs> but um. Like, you can have those kind of character contrasts to really make the um, Henry Cavill's character kind of stand out a bit more. I think that's something that, that we could expect, because I, I don't think Snack Snyder is a stupid person. So it's, it's, I think that's something that we could uh, kind of expect to see, possibly. All right. So let's move into the last bit of movie news. I, I know that we've been spending a ton of time on movie news, but outside of movie news, we don't really have that much news. So... Let's get into our last bit. On December 4th, Wonder Woman was announced to be in the film of Man of Steel 2, and it was announced that Gal Gadot is going to be the actress playing Wonder Woman. Zack Snyder specifically had this to say about Gadot. Wonder Woman is arguably one of the most powerful female characters of all time and is a fan favorite in the DC Universe. Not only is Gal an amazing actress, but she has that magical quality that makes her perfect for the role. We look forward to audiences discovering Gal in the first feature film incarnation of this beloved character. So, you may not recognize the name because she hasn't done a ton of stuff, but she recently was in Fast and Furious, and uh, she was in Fast and Furious 5 and Fast and Furious 6. The actress uh, has been, obviously, in some other films outside of those, but those are the ones that she's probably best known for. We have a picture of her on the website. It also happens that I found out a little bit more information about her. She, at one point, was uh, up for Miss Universe. She also was part of the Israeli Special Forces as a sports fitness trainer. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll just say <laughs> this, okay? Looks alone, physical wise, she she's attractive. She will have <laughs> to definitely bulk up for the for Wonder Woman because she is kind of a smaller person, and the, she has been in the films that we've seen her in. I'm not sure how that can translate to Wonder Woman, but she looks good, so I don't have a problem with that. Can she act? Well, that's that's to be ter- determined because her, the roles that she's had in the in the the recent Fast and the Furious films, she doesn't have a huge role. So I mean, this is definitely a big jump for her as far as like having a role this big. But you know, I don't have any real qualms with this announcement at all. Mostly because some of the other names they were throwing around were were right along the same lines. You know, actresses that aren't super well known, same exact body type same everything so i mean like there's not a whole lot of surprise here i mean anybody out there who is actually expecting that then the carter no i well no i don't i don't think anybody was expecting that anybody expecting jamie alexander to be playing wonder woman i think you 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 you, you should have just known that probably wasn't going to happen since she is in the marvel films but you know, realistically, I don't really have any problems with it. It's kind of just one of those things where, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see to see what she can actually do. We know that she's not going to be in her own film. This is, at this point, kind of a, you know, a uh, an ensemble cast of characters. 
So, you know, who knows exactly how this is going to work. Hopefully she does a good enough job in this Man of Steel 2 in order for a one Roman live action film, a solo film to actually get made. But we won't know anything until the film comes out or at least until we see something in some of the trailers. But I, I just get this odd suspicion that she's not going to be that much. She's not going to be in the film as much as everyone would like to believe that she's going to be. So we probably might not even see her in the trailers other than just to pop her on screen real quick to be like, oh my God, there's one woman. Really? First on Gal Gadot, apparently that's how you pronounce it, who's an Israeli actress. Luckily I did see Fast and Furious 6 before months months ahead of time before this was announced. Because well, I wasn't a really a huge secret see those movies, but I thought that movie was awesome. I saw it twice. So I, I, I know of her more. She's hot. She was Miss Universe for God's sake. Also, the fact that she was a sports trainer for the Israeli defense team, and you know she was in the Israeli army. And if you've seen those Fast and Furious movies, or at least the sixth one, she can legitimately fight and do stunts. So that that puts a lot of goodwill into me. She is Wonder Woman was always said to be those characters that it's really hard to cast. And I think that like in terms of a, of a visual, and in terms of physicality. I think this is far more better than we could have hoped for, I think. Obviously, she needs to, you know, gain some significant Christian Bale-style weight and kind of, like, physically look a bit thicker so she can kind of, you know, pull off looking at, at like, like, an Amazon. Because as attractive and fit as she might be, she does look a bit thin. For and There's a difference between, you know, somebody who's in shape and, you know, being Superman. There's, there's a difference between, you know, being in shape, you know, as a normal person and being Wonder Woman. So that's... But that's not really, like, you know, that's not... A cause to, to say this is bad casting because, I mean, again, going back to Christian Bale, like, you know, compare them, the machinist or the machinist towards ba- Batman Begins, we've seen this before. It can be done. It's not impossible for people to, you know, get stronger for film roles. And considering some of these actors, it's actually more likely that they will be doing that. So I'm very pleased with the casting. The decision to, to put her in the movie, again, has me arching eyebrows because it's like, what is this movie going to be about then? I mean, if you call it Batman and Superman... I, I think that, like, I don't want... It's interesting for Wonder Woman's first major film debut to be in a Superman movie, first of all. Especially since it was touted as the big Batman-Superman movie, or the Superman-Batman movie, really. This puts a whole different spin on it. And, again, like we talked talked about earlier, is this a Superman movie or is this a team-up movie? And if it is a team-up movie, it needs to be divided into thirds, which is interesting. One thing that I, that came to my mind a few days later after she was cast is that because of the New 52 and because of the push that the New 52 has on the media in terms of how they're sort of like making the characters be, to be presentable in a more recognizable format towards the current comics, I fear that they might have a romantic angle towards Superman and Wonder Woman. And I think that for her first major film role, I think that would, that would be a disastrous move to have her basically be Superman's love interest. I think that would probably be the worst thing they could do. Not that I hate the romance, but it's different, you know, experiment with it in, in the comic books and then introducing it for a new generation in a wide stream audience. Those are, those are two completely different things. And I really, really hope they don't go that way because that would just be... I, 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 I don't think they could do anything worse than that. But as far as the casting goes, I'm very pleased with it. I really am. I, I think that, like... I don't know if it's the best casting in the world, but only because I can't think of anybody better. So it's about as perfect as, as I think we could have gotten. And I think that, like... I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Gal Gadot can do. Yeah, I must admit, I'd, I've not seen any of her films. The the films that she's been in, t- to be honest, don't really interest me. So I'm going to wait and see as to sort of the uh, how, you know, how good an actress she is. But obviously, you know, being an Israeli uh, sports trainer, that, you know, they're 
special forces and, and their armed forces are are very impressive. So I can I can only think that we're going to see a lot of of quite physical stunts and a lot of quite physical action possibly on her part. So it, it does again it makes me think, well, you know, as Don was saying that and we were saying earlier that this to be honest is probably gonna be some kind of Justice League movie. And it and the villain is going to be a super super villain you know uh, to be honest you're probably looking at someone like dark side maybe is it mongo or mongo i always forget what his mongol m-o-n-g-u-l g-u-l that's it mongol and i think possibly him i think those are are the ones that you're you're going to see because those would be the characters that that are going to require three superheroes to take them down and will quite happily probably put Wonder Woman or Superman through their paces and and, and give them a very physical fight. To be honest, I can't imagine, you know, Lex Luthor needing Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman to take him down or any of sort of Batman's rogue gallery or any of Superman's real rogue gallery outside of, of those ones, to be honest. So I think, although they haven't announced anything, you can pretty much start to glean the plot points from the casting announcements. All right. So with that, we're going to leave movie news, tons of news. And I'm sure we know that filming is going to be starting up in February of 2014. So there's bound to be some more stuff that's going to be released between now and February so make sure you keep your eyes peeled over on the website. And now let's move into TV news. Let's take these bad guys down, Ace. No, Crypto. Not just yet. Why? Because we're waiting for our third partner. Third partner? Who are we waiting for? A Green Lantern. You invited a human? We're super pets. We don't talk in front of humans. Calm down. This Green Lantern is not human. Wow. A dog lantern? That's cool. I've never worked with a Green Lantern before. Look, just promise me you'll stay cool. What's that supposed to mean? I'm cool. I'm cool as can be. I'm so cool I even have freeze breath. Yeah. See, there you go. You start getting excited and you can't contain yourself. Okay, here he comes. Glad you could make it, Badge. Two quick things to go over. First off, on November 5th, Ben Brave and the Bold Season 1 was released on Blu-ray. It's specifically available through Warner Archive. So if you are looking to get Batman Brave and the Bold, it is available. Now, this is the first time the complete first season has been released. Previously released in split parts, Part 1 and Part 2. But now you can get it on Blu-ray and you can get it as a complete first season. Also... Just to keep in mind, this is the first TV series from DC Animated that is released on Blu-ray. Specifically, because it's being released through Warner Archive, Warner Archive is able to do a lot more a lot more specific releases. Recently, they released some of the uh, older Superboy TV show seasons on, on DVD for the first time. And Warner Archive works a lot differently where they specifically, they will create... My understanding, this is my understanding, I might be incorrect, but my understanding is you order it, they actually make it right then and there instead of just doing a ton of, you know, creating a ton of the exact same disc, shipping it to retailers, and then banking on it selling. What Warner Archive actually does is they allow you to get a lot of the lesser-known films 
directly through them because you're not going to be able to get them through other places, but it's it's an avenue of being able to get them. With Batman Brave and the Bold being released on Blu-ray, it's probably not going to sell very well all over the place at retailers, so they decided to do the route with Warner Archive. Now, what's important about this, though, is that if you'd like to see other TV shows like Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond or Justice League or Justice League Unlimited released on Blu-ray, Warner Archive is probably the place that it will happen. So releases like this with Batman Brave and the Bold, the first season on Blu-ray, it's important that you show your support for them so that, in turn, they are prompted to release some of the other TV series that we've seen recently on Blu-ray as that's probably the only way it's actually going to happen. All right, the other bit of news was on November 7th, it was announced that Beware the Batman Season 1 Part 1 will release on February 18th, 2014. Now, this will. what's interesting about this is that the first 11 episodes of Beware the Batman have aired, leaving two left that will be released on this disc to air in January 2014, which will be weeks before this comes out. So again, this is... This is almost deja vu because exactly a year ago, the, the this exact same thing happened with Young Justice where it was announced that a, I think it was like season two, part one of Young Justice was going to be released on DVD. And there was episodes included on the DVD that also had not aired on Cartoon Network yet. They aired and then within two weeks you could buy them on DVD because Warner Home Video was not going to wait for... Cartoon Network to air these shows. So if you're interested in getting that, that'll be available on February 18th. But there's still going to be an obviously a part two because they do have a number of episodes that are still part of season one that already have yet to air as well. So that is all the TV news. We don't have any TV shows that are actually airing new episodes. So keep an eye out on the websites for really the only news that we could hear is Leading up to January, we may hear some rumblings as to as to some of the descriptions for some of the episodes of Beware the Batman. Outside of that, there might be some news related to the recently announced Gotham TV series that will air on Fox, focusing on James Gordon. But outside of that, there is no more TV news. So let's get into merchandise news. There's something new in Gotham City. Ah! It's Batman, like you've never seen him before. Hey, Joker, a battery surprise! Missed me. Time for a change. That disguise won't work, Joker. No, try this. So long, Batman. That's it. Wings out. Fire. You've got great new weapons, Batman. But I don't run out of tricks. You'll need them. Batman, the Dark Knight collection. Batman like you've never seen him before. As far as merchandise news goes, I'm going to kind of like blow through a ton of this, mostly because a lot of this, there's not a whole lot to actually talk about because it, a lot of it, you have to see the pictures in order to really get the full depth of what the product is. So, November 4th, Nika announced their 1966 Batman 1 4 scale um, is now shipping. Pictures of it on the website. It does have a number of accessories included on it. It's basically picture a Barbie doll, but all plastic with a cloth cape. That's what this is. You can see pictures of it on the website as well as see a link to where you can go to get it. Next up, November 6th, Funko announced that they have a Batmobile 1966 Wacky Wobbler. Uh, most of the Wacky Wobblers from Funko are just simple bobbleheads. This one actually has the Batmobile as the base with Batman sitting in the Batmobile and his head being the actual wobble part. So that is set to be available on December 17th, so right around the corner. 
Next, November 11th, the DC collectible solicitations for, well, the ones that were announced in December include Killer Croc from Batman Arkham Origins will be available in March 2014. This is the final figure for Series 2 of the line. The Harley Quinn black and white statue sculpted by John Matthews based on Bruce Timm's design of the character will be available in May 2014. And the Black Canary bombshell statue designed by Aunt Lucia and sculpted by Sam Greenwell will be available in May of 2014 as well. We have pictures of all of those over on the website. Next up, November 15th, Hell has their DC Signature Collection Ra's al Ghul is now available. It's available exclusively on MaddieCollector.com, so you need to head over there. It's uh, $20, which is pretty much on par as to how much those figures are, are costing in store. So this is an exclusive figure you can only get through Maddie Collector. So if you're interested in getting a Ra's al Ghul to be in the same scale as your DC Universe Classics figures, that is your opportunity to get it. Next, November 15th, also, Kota Bikia announced their DC Comics Backroll New 52 Art FX Plus statue. We have pictures of this on the website. And the retail is priced as $44.99. You can pre-order it. It will be available in June of 2014. Also, November 15th, DC Collectibles announced that... They will have an Injustice Batman and Joker figures. They will be in line with their 3.75-inch action figures and be available later this year, as they stated. But the fact that they're not available as of this month means I'm not sure when they mean they're going to be available later this year. Next, November 27th, Mediacom announced their 1-6 scale Batman the Dark Knight Returns figure. Pictures of this on the website. It's very in line with similar products that Media has revealed in the past this does not have a retail price or a date but will be coming soon so you can check that out on the website on november 26 warner brothers sent over a press release detailing some of the products that they have available for the holiday season you can take a look it's a press release there was some pictures that they included but there wasn't any pictures of any batman related stuff that we hadn't already seen so i didn't even bother posting that up and then finally the last bit that I kind of want to spend a little bit more time talking about is the Lego Batman lineup for 2014. The uh, on November 22nd, the it was revealed the final set that is going to be part of the what is called DC Comics Superheroes Lego DC Comics Superheroes. The final set was revealed. Now we didn't actually ha- we didn't report in the past when these other sets were revealed, but this set is called. Batman the Joker Steamroller. It consists of what appears to be kind of like the Batwing, but it's kind of like a smaller version of the Batplane. Joker has a Steamroller. What's really cool about this set is the minifigures that are included with the set. You Not only do you have Batman, you also have Robin. You also have Batgirl. This is the first time Batgirl will be part of any Lego set, as well as the Joker, which in which appears him and his... Killing Joke outfit, kind of. It's kind of like a match between his Killing Joke outfit and his outfit from the 1989 Batman film. We have pictures of it on the website, but I kind of want to talk about some of the other Lego sets that were announced, a, a, you know, a while back. But like I said, we didn't actually ever get around to talking about them. I mean, there's a there's a giant mix of different sets that are going to be released. Some of the bigger ones, not really any super large sets. As of yet, normally the larger sets come out in the second wave of the year, which is around June. But the outside of the, the steamroller, the other ones that have been announced are Batman the Penguin Face-Off, which basically consists of Batman in a small bat boat 
the penguin in the duck boat and <laughs> two robotic penguins strapped with dynamite, which is pretty cool. This is one of their smaller sets. This is on par with the Lego Catwoman set that came out, I believe it was like a year and a half ago. The next set is Batman Man Bat Attack. This one is Batman with a Batcopter with uh, Man Bat as the villain in this set. And then Nightwing also making his appearance. This is yeah, New 52 Nightwing with the red suit compared to the previous blue suit. And then the other set that was announced is Batman the Riddler Chase, which consists of Riddler in a dragster for whatever reason. I don't understand that, but he's in a dragster with a smaller Batmobile. And Flash is included in this pack as well. So Flash also making his, his debut in the Lego set. Very similar to the Aquaman set that came out last year with, with Batman and Mr. Freeze. So Flash is making his debut. That could explain why Riddler has a dragster just so they could have something going fat, super fast to have Flash go against. I can't be positive, but it almost looks like the Riddler comes with a banana. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm guessing it's it's so that I guess the the flash trips on it. I don't know if it actually is a banana. It it really does look like a banana. Yeah, it does. But those are the Lego sets you can expect. Now some of these are going to be hitting stores as soon as this month. Uh, most of the stores will do their toy reset as of next month in January, and you'll start seeing these Lego sets on the shelves with a new toy set. But this is a, a nice opportunity because there's a, a wide variety of different things that are going to be part of these, specifically the release of Batgirl for the first time, New 52 Nightwing, and Flash. A lot of really cool figures that have not been released in the past and now you'll be able to have. So looking forward to those for sure. Also, their, Dam- their uh, Robin design is clearly Damien, whereas before it was uh, Tim. or yeah, it, was, it was Tim, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this this one, I mean, it's obvious like in terms of the design of the cape and the gloves and stuff, which is that's interesting that they they specifically changed it up. Yeah, it's nice, but that fact that they they've changed it up as well. Also, if you you know you picked up the the Aquaman set, if you've got the Superman set with Wonder Woman as well, and you've got Batman, and you pick up this one with with the Flash, you've got the founding five members of the Justice League. So you know, I think that's quite a nice little touch as well that they've got there that you can get all these you've got all the characters and and they're expanding uh, and i really do like the nightwing set i think he he looks really good the the previous uh, version which was with um the arkham asylum goes for an absolute ton on ebay and i expect that this set will be no different whatsoever so i would definitely be picking a couple of these up one for myself, of course, and one possibly for reset as well. Yeah, the, the the really cool thing about Legos is, for the most part, generally, depending on how unique the sets are, they tend to be worth a lot more once they are retired. So specifically with the superhero sets, because of the figures that release with them and the fact that you can only get the figures with certain sets, it ends up making the sets worth money. So... You know, you know, I don't say this very often, but almost look at it as like an investment opportunity where look to buy one of these sets, hold on to it for, you know, three to four years, and then you might be able to turn around and double your money on it. Just something to throw out there as a possibility because this is something that Legos, like John said, if you look at some of the Lego sets uh, that came out during 2007, 2008, 
Those Lego sets are, are are going for ridiculous amounts of money now. Sealed sets that are undamaged, things like that. You're talking five, sometimes depending on the actual set, six times the value of the actual the retail price of the actual item. So just look at just think about it from that perspective. Because when you look at the Mattel figures, they they tend not to go up in value until years and years later. So just keep that in mind. All right, so next up, uh, we're going to jump into video game news. I've long waited for this moment. (laughs) With your death, I will find peace. Eight assassins after your head. What are you going to do? I'm going to find Black Mask. And put an end to this. Just a couple of different things to go over. First off, November 12th, Injustice Gods Among Us Ultimate Edition was released. Ultimate Edition is available for PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, and Windows PC, as well as Xbox 360. So you can f- pick that up today. The Ultimate Edition is is retailing for $59.99 for PS4, PS3, and Xbox 360, $49.99 for Windows PC, and $39.99 for PS Vita. Now, this includes all of the DLC that they uh, that they released since the release of the game. What I find somewhat interesting about this is that if you were one of the fans who picked up the game back when it was originally released back in April and you paid $60 for the game, they then touted out there that you could buy a season pass, which I believe cost about $20, that then you got all of the DLC. But... If you in turn waited to get the game, you can now get the Ultimate Edition for $60, which was the original price of the game, plus all the DLC. Just throwing that out there. Something to keep in mind when you, if you have not bought Batman Arkham Origins, because this is most likely going to happen with that game as well. All right, next up, November 24th, Injustice launches on Android. You, you probably are thinking, why would this game be launching on Android? Well... Months and months ago, it was announced that they were going to have a mobile game for Injustice Gods Among Us. It was going to be available on Apple and Android. It was available on Apple almost immediately after the game came out, but it is now just releasing almost 10 months later, or I guess 8 months later, on Android. So again, we in October, we heard an announcement that they were going to be releasing Batman Arkham Origins, on Apple and Android as well. It's already out on Apple, and we might be waiting till March to see this game release on Android. So if you have an Android phone, don't bank on playing these games anytime soon. Just leave it at that. <laughs> no. December 3rd, which, you know, again, we'll cover this now. Batman Arkham Origins Initiation DLC is now available. This is the first DLC pack for Batman Arkham Origins. We have the trailer online. It's basically Batman going through his part of his final training. He's set in the mountains of North Korea, and he's proving himself to his greatest teacher, Kurigi. So, yeah, basically, look at it like this. It's Bruce Wayne fighting a bunch of ninjas. I'll leave it at that. Would you believe it? Oh, that's that's kind of cool though, because Karigi was from the post-Crisis comic books. So that's kind of nice. All right. So outside of that, there is no more video game news. Wait till they get a load of me. 
moving straight into general news. Only one thing to go over. I'm not going to talk about a lot, but at the beginning of the month, it was announced that there is a boy who was battling leukemia, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation was making his wish come true, which is to become Batman. So on November 15th, the city of San Francisco basically was transformed into Gotham City, and he went all over the place. He actually battled the Riddler and Penguin, saved some damsels in distress. There's all kinds of stuff about it online. If you really want a heartwarming story for the holidays, this is a really good story. Just to just look up Bat Kid, you'll 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 see. There's tons of stuff out there related to it. It's a really nice story to see an entire city get behind you know such a specific thing about making a kid's wish come true, and how it pertains to Batman is just kind of cool as well. So with that, that is all of the news we actually have for this episode. We're going to get straight into our listener Q&As. Boy, did you get a wrong number. Leave your message at the sound of the shriek. No, please, don't! Ah! First one we have comes on November 13th from Sam. He says... Hi guys, I love listening to the show, and I just had a quick question about Arkham Origins. Would you say the game is pre- or post-Vengeance slash Nightfall? Since Batman knows who Bane is in the game, that leads me to believe that it's post-Vengeance Nightfall, because he didn't learn who Bane was until Vengeance Nightfall, but also, if it's true that the game is post-Vengeance Nightfall, wouldn't Tim be Robin in the game instead of Dick? And they also said that this game is early in Batman's career, while Vengeance Nightfall is mid-late in his career. I know that this has bothered me and other bad fans. I just wanted to know what you guys' guesses were on the matter, or if you think the creators just threw Bane in the game without thinking of this. Keep making great episodes. All right, well, i simply say this. The easiest way to answer this question is you have to look at the video game as it's a different universe. In the comic book world, you have Earth Zero, which is where all of the weekly New 52 books come out. You've got Earth One, which we've seen some graphic novels for. Earth Two has has uh, stories related to in the comics, and Earth Three is currently being dealt with for, with Forever Evil. But outside of those Earths, you don't really hear a lot about the other Earths. You've got Earth Sixteen, which was the Earth where Young Justice took place, the Young Justice TV show. But for the most part, you don't really hear about a lot of the other worlds. So you have to look at it as if the Arkham universe, the Arkham set of games, take place in one of these other Earths. That's the only way you can really explain it, because there is no way to, dis- to, to specifically say Bane's in this game because this takes place after this or it takes place before. Realistically, the creators wanted Bane in there because they thought Bane would be a good spot. And honestly, I will say I think they did a better job with Bane, the way Bane looks in this game compared to the way Bane looked in the previous two games. That being said... You can't look at it from the perspective of did this take place before or after Nightfall because this game, time-wise, would take place way before Nightfall. Bane would never exist in the comic continuity during this time frame of the game. But you have to suspend comic continuity reality and just say that this is another one of those... This is a different universe. If you look at Batman Arkham City... When that came out, there was a comic series that was released alongside it, and then it was a digital first series that was released for many, 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 many months up until just before Arkham Origins came out, kind of hashing out the universe that is the Arkhamverse. 
there's a lot of differences that happened in that compared to what had happened in the previous in previous incarnations of Batman. So that's the only way I can explain. It. Good job. Like when when these games first came out, it was based when Arkham Asylum first came out. It's basically ah, oh, here's this this fun Batman game that you can play, and they had different interpretations of the characters. Harley Quinn mentioned that she changed up her costume for this particular video game, and Arkham City was a. Uh, was a sequel to that where they expanded with a bunch of other characters, had its own storyline, and like you knew, you knew it wasn't really strictly comic continuity with the way it ended, but you know it was its own own game. It wasn't until Arkham Origins came out that I was aware that like this was a completely separate universe with its own kind of storyline. And I remember when Stella and I interviewed the game creators for Comic Con 2013, they specifically said that like this was during Batman's second year. Where on one night he just happens to meet like his entire Bruce Gallery, <laughs> including the Joker and Bane on the same night, which drives me insane. But that's the that's kind of what they're going with. Um, I mean, you really cannot hold it against any other sort of history because he has, not only does he have Robin. I mean, is it Dick Grayson or is it Tim Drake? It's, it's Dick Tim Grayson. Costume. It's Dick. It's Dick Grayson in Tim Drake's costume. Yeah, it makes no sense. Although they did it in the animated series, but it's it's its own thing. I'm not. I know. Arkham Origins is kind of based off of Arkham Asylum and Arkham City's continuity, but I'm not sure if Arkham Asylum and Arkham City were always meant to be a separate thing. So it's kind of subjective, but Arkham Origins in that game itself is definitely sort of a, a separate universe. I'm not sure how that, if you can say the same thing with the, the previous two games, but for that game, it's definitely its own thing. All right, so with that, that is actually all of the listener Q&As we have. It's kind of a letdown because I was expecting a lot more. There's absolutely no comments posted on the website related to the last episode, and we only got that one email. So thank you, Sam, for sending your email in. And everyone else who's listening, I implore you to send your listener Q&As to the website via the comment section below the podcast post or at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net with any questions, comments, or concerns about this episode or any questions that you might have about stuff that you'd like us to talk about related to the things we talk about on this podcast. So with that, that is everything for this episode. I want to remind everybody to head over to the website for all the latest news related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, general news, as well as the comic news. Be sure to check out all of our other podcasts that we have to offer, including new episodes of the Batman Universe Commentaries, We have the Batman Universe Taking Flight just started Season 2 last month, so we have new episodes of that posted on the website. New Comic Cast, new Bat Fans, new Batgirl Oracle, all kinds of new stuff. Also, just to give you a heads up, we have a new podcast that will be launching this month, sometime this month, focusing on Tim Drake. So not only do we have one focusing on Robin and Batgirl, but also now we will have one with Tim Drake. So... So be sure to check out the website for all of that latest stuff. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman universe. You can review us on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated, as well as email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. That is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Donovan. And this is John. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next month. I don't want to go. (laughs) Take care. There's a reason me and Melinda haven't been on the same podcast. It's because we're the same person. Or I turned into Melinda. Or Melinda turned into me. Oh, that would be a twist. <laughs>